Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. For those of you who weren't here last October when I was speaking before or have forgotten, I'm delighted to say that I'm from LICC, which as you know is the Leeds Institute for Contemporary <laughs> Christianity. Well, it's, it's the London Institute, but um, we cover the whole of the UK, just as Leeds Building Society, there's one not too far from me, we cover, it covers the whole of the UK and wider. Trying to equip people, as the banner says there, to make a difference wherever you are, thinking about the whole of your lives, your Monday to Saturday lives. I know that you follow that theme here. I know that you have recently done growing on the front line as a theme here, which comes from us. And so it's great to be back. When I was here last time, I started by saying that Sue and I, my wife, we'd visit a whole range of different churches and church leaders and to encourage you to remember to pray for your church leaders. Um, Eve speaking away, uh, one of your leaders uh, this, sun- this Sunday in Cambridge this morning, I think. And um, it's a particularly challenging time to be a church leader. So any way you can encourage them and pray for them. From what we see, you will be blessed and they will be blessed if you do so. And for today... I've been invited to look at the work of the Holy Spirit at work, particularly because we're just two weeks away from Pentecost. So the Holy Spirit at work, at work. We've acknowledged the Holy Spirit's presence here, and we don't take that for granted. But do we sometimes unintentionally make the work of the Spirit a churchy thing, like a gathered churchy thing? When we consider the Holy Spirit in our church... Do we also consider the Holy Spirit in our workplaces or our frontline places, paid or unpaid, wherever we find ourselves? And in particular, how might our gathered times here equip us to go out filled with the Spirit wherever we find ourselves in our workplaces? This is particularly important to me because my roots of faith in my family are through a Holy Spirit time, a time of Revival. My, I'm mixed race and my family on my dad's side were from Sri Lanka and they came to faith in a, in a time of revival. Pretty much the whole village that my dad was from turned to faith. And when my grandfather was baptised, um, he had a very Hindu name with very Hindu implications. And so when he was baptised, they changed his name and they pretty much just chose a name randomly out of the Bible. And I think I came off relatively well there with the name Benjamin, given some of the options that they could have chosen. So you see that this theme of the Holy Spirit at work at work is vital. And in our first reading, in Acts 2, verses 42 to 47, it's it's a great passage to start this from because it's beautiful and it sets the foundation for what we do here. Sometimes when you speak on behalf of LICC and you're talking about our Monday to Saturday lives, you can give the impression that we're not for what happens here on Sundays and and midweek in our gathered times. And nothing could be further from the truth. We're absolutely about both and about the interplay between the two. And this passage is so so often turned to as a benchmark for what we do here. 
Some of the commentaries say it has the four marks of what you should do as a church. Uh, It has the apostles' teaching, verse 42. It has the common life of the believers. We share things in common, verse 44. The breaking of bread, twice, 42, and uh, then later on, 44, I think. And then it has prayer, both in 42 and implied in 47. I've heard that summarised as we come together and it's about learning, loving, worshipping and growing. Learning, loving, worshipping and growing. Great description of what we do when we gather here. I love all that, but I have two just slight concerns about that as a summary of all that we do. First of all, if, if that's a summary just taken from one passage, it misses what you've been looking at in growing on the front line that learning, loving, worshipping and growing also is something God wants us to do out there when we leave these doors, as well as in here. It happens in both places. And then secondly, there's just a danger that in that summary, we've managed to summarise what we do here without a mention of the Holy Spirit. And I just look at verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That was certainly part of the story for my family in coming to faith in Sri Lanka. Just to step back a bit, there is uh, an aspect of what we're trying to do at LICC to break down a sacred, secular divide. The, The idea that some things are spiritual and they're to be praised and other things are secular and they're less important and we think if we're Christians it should all be considered spiritual all that we do but you know the sacred secular divide you'd recognise it it says things like music doesn't matter unless it's Christian words and art doesn't matter unless it's on a banner and sport doesn't matter unless it's the church football team and food doesn't matter unless it's quiche You know those sorts of thoughts. (laughs) And yet we would want to say, no, no, if you're a Christian and you give it all to God, then it's all spiritual. We should be breaking down that sacred secular divide. My question for this morning is, is there another aspect of the sacred secular divide to do with the Holy Spirit? Unintentionally. That when we think of the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Spirit in our lives that we all need... Are all our stories and illustrations gathered times? Are all our examples what happens when it happens here? We would describe LICC's aim as empowering Christians to make a difference in God's world and empowering church leaders to help them do it. But where does that empowering come from if not from the Holy Spirit at work? When I was here last time, I showed you some dots Let's have a look at them again. There are 100 dots, and that represents the population of the UK. The red dots represent the Christians. Six dots gathered together, and we're trying to invite people to come and be a part of what we do. That's great, but most of the time, it looks more like this image. We're out and about, same number of red dots, but making so much more contact. I know most of you have seen that before. The aspect for today, though, is when we're there... We need the Holy Spirit with us every bit as much as when we're apart. We rightly describe the Holy Spirit 
from John's Gospel as paraclete, the one who comes alongside us. But is there a danger we think he comes alongside us until we get to the door and then we think of the Holy Spirit less? If there's any danger of that, then we need to recapture the idea of the Holy Spirit at work, at work. That Acts reading has communion as a key part of it. And very often when we're taking communion, we'll say words a bit like this. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Through him, we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. I just wonder whether those last words get lost a bit. Send us out after communion in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. We're not taking communion this morning, but that's the sense of it. To send us out in the power of your spirit, Lord, please. One of my relatives in Sri Lanka, he's with the Lord now, was my uncle Raj. Now, he was the real deal when it came to faith. And I met him a couple of times when I went over there. I was born in the UK. And I just found him an amazing person of God. And he had this one story, which he didn't tell very often, but I found it fascinating, of he was the person who earned all the money for the family. And he was coming to the end of his working life. And, it, and the family's well-being was dependent on a pension. But the pension was dependent on the bureaucracy of a particular office in Sri Lanka that was known for not getting that paperwork through. And so he prayed hard that he would be an exception so that he would get a pension so that he would be able to feed our family. And he goes to the office where the, this pension document is needed and the guy behind the desk laughs at my Uncle Raj, at the idea that he could just arrive and receive this piece of paperwork. My Uncle Raj has prayed that God would supernaturally intervene. So the guy behind the office continues to laugh and he says, it is ridiculous that you would expect us to just be able to produce this now. Um, I think he was looking for a bribe, possibly, but my Uncle Raj wasn't about to do that. And the guy behind the desk says, it would be as though I just randomly picked a book and he randomly picks a book to illustrate the point and opened a page, and that would be your document. And as he does that, it is his document. <laughs> so the guy has no choice but to give him a pension that then looks after my family. Our God, by his spirit, is at work in all sorts of ways every day, whatever you do, whatever you do. If we can just see that on the next slide, Jonathan. So picture wherever you will be this time tomorrow or at some point in the week and ask God for the spirit at work there. Our second reading had the idea of Bezalel being filled with the spirit. I love that reading because Bezalel is the first or one of the first people in the Bible described as filled with the Spirit. And it's significant to note that this person was a craftsman, not a priest. Now, we can overplay this, but scholars tell us that the first mention of something is significant in the Bible. So the first mention of somebody filled with the Spirit is not a priest, is not something happening in a temple. 
is somebody being given creative skills for their workplace, actually a place where God can dwell. But we all require creative skills for our places to be places where God can dwell too. We did some research on this at LICC recently, and we asked people where they sense they are most fruitful for God. And 65% of workers told us that they feel most fruitful for God in their workplace, which is so, so encouraging. So what might this look like for you and for me tomorrow? It's pretty much the 40th anniversary for LICC. We were formed by a guy called John Stott, who some of you may have heard of. And for the 40th anniversary, I wrote a devotional book, uh, 40 Days of Readings, requiring 40 stories. So I invited anybody who signs up to our mailing. Please sign up to our mailing, by the way. We've got a desk. um, We drop some helpful thoughts each week for free. um, Where where you sign up for your children to go to their groups, there's a sign-up sheet if you're not on our mailing. And we asked people if they've just got an ordinary everyday life story to send it to us. And we got more than 40 and we made it into a 40-day devotional. You can get that free from us or from YouVersion if you'd like a Bible reading journey for 40 days. But what surprised me was I wasn't asking for Holy Spirit stories, but so many of them were because it's the place where they feel most fruitful for God. So what I want to do, just by way of illustrating this, is just describe a few of them to you and then ask and imagine what it would be like if we prayed that we would be some of those stories this week and this month. So let's start with Navina. Navina is a musician. She works in a studio, not producing what would be called Christian music, but she described her daily work like this. There are times when I can feel the presence of God as I create the message for each project. I want to sense, to bring a sense of his spirit into the production and feel of the track. I found that so encouraging and amazing. And then there's B. Let's have a look at the next one. Oh, Anita. Now, Anita uh, works in welfare in a housing association in Cumbria. And she said this, at the start of the pandemic, the organisation that she works for set up a series of regular welfare calls to call those tenants who were identified as being vulnerable, particularly those who were on their own. There was a working group set up to make calls and I felt God call me to volunteer to be a part of it. Maybe you've sent something like that too, a prompting within your work, paid or unpaid, to step up for something and do something. It was like that for Anita. And then B. B works in fostering and adoption. And she says, it's wonderful when I'm looking to match children with foster families. And I feel God, she could say by the spirit, I feel God's spirit guiding me to the right people. A kind of message of knowledge thing. And then Beverly. Beverly works in a job where, from car, room to, car showroom to car showroom, when somebody buys a car from a dealership in one part of the country, but it's actually going to be sold in another part of the country, it's her job and her colleagues to just transport it, even drive it, from one place to another. But she prays for godly opportunities with the people that she meets in the car showrooms. And she said this, a woman, one of the women that, in one of the car showrooms, 
drop three rings and she couldn't find them. So I told her, God knows where everything is and I pray for him to show us where they'd fallen. Immediately after praying out loud, we found them. Lolita is a university lecturer and in the middle of university lecturing, she says, I sometimes feel God's nudge when in conversation with a colleague, a non-work issue might come up over lunch, for example, with an opportunity to offer prayer or gently debunk misinformation about God. So a prompting to go for it, that gulp, go for it moment, filled with God's spirit to do so. I have just two more to share, and then I want to ask what about us. But I want to spend a bit of time on this one. Joe had an interesting job. Um, Joe was in my church. Um, Joe came to us one day, years and years ago, and she was a pharmacist in the hospital, and said, I've got this great promotion. Um, I'm now in charge of, if ever there's a big infectious disease, I'm, I'm in charge of it. Since well before COVID. And we, oh, great, yeah, that's promotion, pay rise, probably never going to come up. And then it comes up for Joe, and it's the most exhausting, draining thing ever. It's not what she wants. But she steps up for it and describes how difficult it is and then says, but there have been moments where I've prayed for peace or insight into a situation or wisdom for what to do next or just the energy to go again and I've truly felt God's presence and an injection of energy to face the next situation. Sometimes the Holy Spirit's role is to just give us enough to go on, to go on, to keep going. I'm well aware that it's marathon day today in Leeds. Well done for finding your way in. And if you didn't find your way in and joined online instead, then that's fine too. I read not so very long ago about somebody who ran the marathon by mistake. So it wasn't in Leeds, it was in another city where there was a half marathon and a marathon. This person entered the half marathon, which was supposed to take place later. But like me, there's somebody who arrives early for places. So they're with the marathon runners. They didn't know this, they start running, and there is no turning point where there should be. They've never run a marathon before, but they say this, I'm already here, I'm already running, I'm already tired, I might as well carry on. <laughs> and they did, and they ran the marathon for the first time. I looked this up, and this isn't the first time this has happened. The first time that I'm aware of was a woman called Georgine Johnson, who entered the 10K. The most she's ever run before is eight miles in her life. She's 42 years old. Like me, she gets there first. In fact, she's with the elite runners in the marathon. She doesn't know this. And she starts to run, and she gets to the place where she thinks she can turn around, and she realizes she can't. She asks a policeman for help, and the policeman says, I can't, there's too many crowds. There's nothing I can do for you. She begins to cry. And then she thinks, she feels stupid, and then she thinks, oh, I might as well just carry on. And she starts to run, and she keeps running. And, and, and this is what she said. And this might be relevant to some of us who don't want to be where we are tomorrow. She says, this isn't what I trained for. This isn't the race I entered. But for better or worse, this is the race I'm in. And she completed the marathon in four hours, four minutes, by the way which is both impressive and a little bit depressing for those of us who would want to try that. My point is that God's Spirit can equip us 
whether we want to be where we are or not. Last illustration is a teacher not far from here called Don. He's an English teacher in a high school, but he would describe his job this way. There are times in the classroom that feel like the Holy Spirit is doing something special. Occasionally, there's a particular weight in the silence after a poem is read, or somebody shares a story. Everyone in the room is somehow beautifully gathered into a shared moment, and the atmosphere feels both thick and fragile at the same time. These moments in a classroom, in a school, feel sacred to me, holy even. So consider that list. It's not an exhaustive list by any means of the Holy Spirit at work at work. But you've got the Holy Spirit at work in the very work itself, like Bezalel, helping you to do that work better. Maybe you need prayer for that. You've got the Holy Spirit giving a sense of calling to step up to a particular thing. Maybe we need prayer for that. You've got the Holy Spirit giving guidance. I know I need a bit of that. You've got the Holy Spirit giving powerful answers to prayer. We prayed and then it was there, the jewellery. You've got the Holy Spirit giving words to say and that gulp, go for it moment when we step up. You've got the Holy Spirit giving strength to carry on, to put one foot in front of another and serve him well tomorrow. Whatever is right for each of us might be different, but I pray there's something for each of us for today to carry into tomorrow. May it be so. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St George's Lead Sermon Podcast. For more talks or information, visit stgs.org.uk.